up? I'm David Francisco, a damn good professional wrestler, and this is the David Francisco Podcast. I hope you're doing good. Today, I bring you a tremendous conversation with Darcy Stone. She was on my Twitch stream uh, last Monday, and it was a very fun conversation, and that's the conversation I'm going to bring you here. We talk about uh, a little bit about her time in Japan. Actually, we talk a lot about her time in Japan and how she trained with Emi Sakura and how actually she actually had a match with Emi Sakura. Uh, who she's very thankful for. We talk about her business on the gear, which is kind of like a pro wrestling tease business here in the UK. And actually, there may be some news about that soon. And David Francisco, you know, on the gear. We talk about her injury and her return to the ring, which will happen soon. And what will Darcy Stone be like when... She returns to the ring. It's an excellent conversation that I'm very much looking forward for you guys to listen to. Just want to tell you, before we get into it, that David Francisco is going to return to the ring in 2021. We've got a date, yes! I will talk more about that in the upcoming weeks here in the David Francisco podcast, but... WrestleForce will do one of those summer FET shows that uh, they're a part of. And uh, the first one is going to be on the 22nd and 23rd of May. But I'll be there in Brentwood on the 22nd. So make sure that you join me as well. It will be fun. It will be a very good way of, like, going back to the ring without the pressure of a actual wrestling show i'll go into detail into another edition into it on another edition of the podcast when i check in with you guys but yeah keep that in mind if you're from brentwood if you want to see some wrestling wrestleforce will be part of the wheeled park country show and i'll be there so make sure you join us i'll keep you posted about that as we go as well as all my appearances as they come for now, with that out of the way, let's get to this great conversation with Darcy Stone. Darcy Stone is here! Yay! Yay! Thanks for having me! We said we were going to do this ages ago, and then yeah. just life life took I, over. I have, like... I, I had, like, at the time, both a little bit of a backlog of um, guests I wanted to have, and... Um, and at the same time, was like a period where I was like, oh, I don't want to stream today. It was getting a little bit of like stream fatigue, you know. Mm. Um, but and this is happening to me now. And like today, it's kind of like with with May coming, with a few things that are starting to happening now. Um, it's like I am starting to. The reason why I felt a bit a little bit a bit fatigue like that is because. At the end of the day, I'm a pro wrestler. I want to talk about wrestling. I want to talk about my wrestling stuff, right? And to go and do something that would be... When there's no wrestling, then you kind of start being someone else. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, if that's the case, then like I'm going to be tired. But especially on the Thursday stream, I'm going to have a lot of stuff to talk about when it comes to wrestling. I'm back to training, right? To like at a few rings and stuff. And, and I'm like, I already have a few bookings um ish um that's still need to like line up so like it feels things are kind of like picking up again yeah i think it's kind of you know we've been waiting for it for so long and then all of a sudden it's like oh crap it's like happening it's really happening and i need to get back into training and you know yeah it it, although it's been like a gradual process it feels like it's just hit everyone at once so yeah it's it's um it just 
I don't know if it's like a just a bit of a justification of like it feels like things are back to normal, you know, mm. and like it's that thing as you exactly as you were saying. It's like it feels like it's going to be a long time away, and then bam, it just comes out of nowhere, you know. Um, you you are training again, right? Let's just jump into yeah. this, this conversation. So you are training again after being two years away yes. because your knee didn't want you to train, right? Yeah, I can't. It feels like. I mean, it was two years ago since I was got the injury. Um, so lockdown's kind of done me a favor because it slowed me down because I was just planning on having the surgery and then, you know, giving it two months and getting back in the ring. Um, so I wasn't allowed to do that. And it's given me a whole year to recuperate. And I have the same, a little bit more, but about the same amount of, of ring rust as everyone else now. So that's good. Um, yeah, it's exciting. I started training again. February I think um and was absolutely terrified because I haven't ran or, or done anything physical on this knee um and yeah I had a real like testing the water session where I kind of just ran the ropes a bit did a couple of rolls and then now I'm sort of pretty much back there yeah just like trying do, to remember do feel do you feel your body trying to protect the knee that doesn't need to be protected anymore I don't you know think I mean? so. I had that my... when I had my uh, my ankle injury, and I'm like, and then I kind of recuperated, and I was fine. And when I was doing stuff like, imagine like landing on your feet, I would see myself mm. landing on one foot to protect the other one, even though the other one didn't need to be protected. Or yeah. uh, when I was doing like flip bumps, and you're supposed to like really slam your feet on the floor, I would only slam with one foot instead of both because my body would subconsciously try to protect it. That that's understandable with like an ankle god uh it did in the beginning i was like i got real kind of you know like when you get pain in the bottom of your foot when i was doing running when i went back to mm. running because i was clearly putting all of my weight on my my uninjured leg so i was unevenly distributing my body because my body was self subconsciously protecting my knee um but i think now because i've trained about 10 times i'm sort of and I'm like, well, if something bad was going to happen, it, it would have probably happened by now. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's okay. It's the rest of my body. <laughs> <laughs> oh, tell me about it. So I've done, ever since things kind of like started opening up, I'm going to um, like Ollie's backyard, Ollie Peace's backyard. Like he is Ollie Peace from WrestleForce. He's just like mm. setting up the ring on his backyard and just inviting people that he works regularly with. And that That's such an Oli Peace thing to do. I, I, it's been the best because, like, at our stage, I think that I want to go back to classes, and I, um, there's, there's like a few plans that I have that I don't want to like put them out here and be like either jinxed them or being like, oh, there's the guy that's saying he's going to do something but not actually doing it, which is frustrating yeah. as hell, as you know, you've been around. Um, but I want to like be ready for some stuff that I want to do, but. To start in an environment, and I'm sure it was the same, similar to you, you're going to like square one, I guess. Um, mm -hmm. I saw the other day. It's like, yeah. it's because we know what we're doing, right? We we don't need to be taught from scratch. Like the muscle memory is there. So it's the environment of like, let's, um, let's be in this place that we're like, we can do kind of whatever we want. And we can like manage our own effort and our own, um, what do we do with people that we know already that are all in the same circumstances as we are, right? Exactly, And slowly yeah. getting back up. And, oh man, I, I, I wasn't caught by surprise because I remember the first, so like there was a first big lockdown last year and then things kind of opened up in the summer. And that was the first time that I went to Aldi Peace. And 
I like after four or five months of not doing any anything in a ring, I pushed myself too hard, so hard that I couldn't help put the ring down. Uh, oh so my I, god! Oh, how I, are you uh, the next day? Were you I, like? I, I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so like at least this time i kind of like knew what i was going into and it's cool yeah but it's so weird like we were doing imagine something as, as simple as like irish whip up and over 10 times right mm -hmm. which which is like something that it's an exercise that's super simple and it's something that we would do to like get our cardio back up and test it i feel like my body has the muscle memory and it just won't stop because my brain knows that i can yeah. do the entire exercise but as soon as i'm done i'm like against <laughs> the wall just be like no gas whatsoever and uh, you, you already have 10 yeah. sessions i think you're going to be, be better on that than i am to be fair my cardio was absolute trash mm. like because you do you come back and you go cool i'm gonna do all these drills i'm gonna you know try and go back to where you were before you can't do it like no. you cannot do it and you, i haven't been yourself. exercising like mm. i haven't been exercising because i only started running again in like october mm. so i was like yeah i can do all my japanese drills fine yeah no no i can't oh that's shit because like you, you wasn't stopped by a lockdown you were stopped by like the injuries and stuff and then on lockdown on top of that that's even worse than me i i don't yeah. envy you. i don't envy you what kind of drills do you do these japanese drills you're talking about oh my god they do so you do like um a warm-up which would just be like all the roles every single role possible with like even the split leg roles where which are awful for your hamstrings. You do um, like a spot they came up with, it might be run in, headlock, take over, and do like a little bit like that. You do that for ages and ages and ages. And then you would do a full deck of cards. Um, yeah, and no, no you didn't. And then you went, we went for a run, so we did a mile run. Mm -hmm. And we went to the temple, which had these stairs, which were, they just, if you look up, one of those staircases, you look up, and you can't really see where like the top is mm -hmm. and it was to this uh, temple and we had to sprint up and down them 10 times and then come back and do a deck of cards Jesus. so and the first week to two weeks i couldn't finish the stairs yeah and it was awful like because my trainer was so disappointed and i'm like i'm so sorry <laughs> But he did it by the end, and then he was super proud. But like, yeah, but this was so intense. We had a girl who was running up the stairs, probably on like round six or seven, and she just collapsed on the stairs. And people just ran over her, just ran over her, completed the ten sets, and then went over to her with an asthma pump and gave her her asthma pump. But I'm like, what do, do I stop? And they're like, no, just carry on. It's That's... it's very. I feel like training there is very much like that. It's like. You need to, yeah. it's about testing your limits like that, which is insane. And uh, I'm very much like, do we, is that, is that completely right? Should everyone follow that completely? Is it a matter of trying to find a balance? Is it just because it's a, a lot of that is cultural? You tell me, you, you've been in both. What do you, what do you say? I love the discipline aspect because yeah. I think there are quite a few people that get into wrestling because they want, like for the wrong reasons, they want to be a celebrity or they want to. Yeah you know, have that fame Tell that is associated it, yeah. with, but I mean, I, I don't get paid enough to be called a celebrity or anything like that. So that always baffles me, but they, they get in for the wrong reasons. If they were subject to these rigorous training regimes, I don't think they'd stick around. Mm -hmm. I, I do think it weed, weeds people out, but then also 
you're expected to make this like your full-time job. We were training yeah. every day of the week and some people can't do that. So mm -hmm. yeah, it, I think it's pros and cons for both. Yeah, I think it's different when you're like hired and being paid to become a full-time yeah. professional athlete. And uh, and that is a big part of like in the, the way things work uh, in Japan, from what I know. Not everyone, obviously, not everywhere. Mm -hmm. but, but I'm like, if My... you are, I think of like comparing with like NXT, right? If you get a contract to go to Florida and go in the performance center, then yeah, yeah I understand why you do expect uh, the person that got the contract to like needs to put the effort in, right? Because he's literally being paid. Mm. Well, with Emmy, the, uh, all of our girls, well, and a few guys that are there, she trains them for free, mm -hmm. um, and she just you kind of make a promise to her that you're gonna dedicate everything you can to it, because she will not put you on a show unless she feels like you are you're not gonna let her down. Essentially, but she's training you for free though. That's that's kind of like yeah, that's still you're still getting something. You're still getting being paid something. I don't know. Like you're getting someone. You get time, you get you know? paid for the shows. You yeah, get paid like, for your shows. And then and then obviously like when training there, the training comes for free, so it's different. I th I'm always very much like you have a business. You know what I'm talking about. Like from the perspective of like someone came in and paid for a session, right? Or they paid for training. Mm -hmm. You wanna there's a certain the dynamic there is different from um I am gonna gift you training for free or I'm gonna pay you to train. I think it's a bit of a different yeah there i am fascinated i'm very happy to have you here i'm happy to have these conversations here because i am fascinated with what i know about your life not as in like oh. your personal life or whatever but i'm like you are not just someone who started training and stuck around i'm i'm very um I like you, you obviously like you, you did the wrestling and stuff and like you, you are a big deal in the, at least in the, like in the London wrestling scene, right? You went to fucking Japan, right? I'm like, that's, that's, that's always something. I know it's, um, I, I don't think I'm unfair when I say this. It can be easier for, for girls to go to Japan than it can be for, for guys. There's, I feel like there will be more opportunities or there will be less uh, people in the market that would um, like less competition from the the female locker room, right? Mm -hmm. um, and and like you took it, and we're still talking about it to this day, right? Um, you have the the. Can we talk about your other business? Are you are you happy to do that? Should've yeah, of that course. Before. Yeah, you have the, yeah. On the gear, right? You're doing British pro wrestling tees, um, and um, and like doing all of this and and being happy. I guess are you happy? Yeah, yeah, I am. I'm very stressed and I'd really like to go to sleep for a bit. But apart from that, I am happy. Dude, I, I, there's a lot of people who would prefer to go to sleep instead of having a conversation. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Um, what's, um, let's start with On The Gear. right? What's the idea behind it? Um, and, uh, and how's it going? So it started completely by accident, just because I've been injured. And I wanted to still stay involved in things and mm -hmm. was doing a bit of uh, ring announcing and commentary. And and then um, it was Josh, who's, you know, Kelly Six. He saw this advert who was someone was selling all of their T-shirt stuff. So we were like, oh, my God, actually, I don't know anyone apart from pins and knuckles. I don't really know anyone who does T-shirt printing for wrestling. And we don't know anyone who does on demand. And just for me, I got my first t-shirt batch and I got, I think the minimum order was like 50. And then I'm not going to sell 50. There's no way I'm going to sell 50. 
but that was the only option available to me at the time and so I thought well for up-and-coming wrestlers and even like all the way up to bigger stars who just don't want to have any stock in lockdown where you can't sell anything at shows it's just a good idea um and then that good idea just grew and grew and grew um yeah so and now we have shows coming back we're getting loads more bulk orders and hopefully eventually we can take them to the show so there'll be like no postage and we can just directly deliver them yeah i was gonna ask that like are you gonna stick with the only on demand printing like direct consumer or are you gonna use like if wrestlers want a batch are you are you willing to be like hey can you print me 30 of these so that i can bring it to the show what's uh yeah what's the we've done loads of them we've done loads of bulk orders um Mm -hmm. you get like obviously a much cheaper price at bulk and so Mm -hmm. at the moment we're just sending them directly to people like people who are doing pre-orders um and they want to be able to send them out with like a promo photo or something they've got bulk orders and then like you take care um, of packaging by pnp basically instead of for them yeah in that case yeah some people they want to package it and send it themselves so we send them the packaging supplies like you know the Mm -hmm. clear bags yeah we can send all of that and stuff um and the sticky size labels Mm-hmm. So yeah, basically, if you want t-shirts and you you know if you want from one to a million, maybe not a million because I again would like to sleep, <laughs> but like if you want bulk, just chat to me. I'm very friendly. How? I don't bite. That's true. That's true. How do you do you have the like? If if you don't want to like if if it's if it's too much of like secrets of business, I get it. But I'm so curious. Did you just like wake up one day and go, I'm gonna buy a, a t-shirt printing machine? And now I'm going to get like 50 orders, which means that you are going to have to like do the design and put design there, however that works, and just like buy yourself, print them all. Is that how it Pretty works? Pretty much. I'm very much like, to my detriment, I'm very much a spontaneous person. The same with wrestling. I was like, oh, I'm probably going to be a wrestler now. Um, <laughs> this is the same kind of thing. I was like, t-shirt printing. That's something I've never done. That can't go wrong, can it? And we bought, we bought all this stuff. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> We spent about £2,000 on this stuff and then realised that we couldn't use any of it to do uh, the t-shirt printing we wanted, essentially. We could only print on white shirts. So I had a bit of a mental breakdown. Um, oh. we, we then sold that and then I bought an actual DTG printer, which I'm not going to tell you how much it is because I still cry about it very frequently. <laughs> uh, uh, which is, is, I need 15 years of business to, to yeah, justify please, that purchase. Please, please buy t-shirts from me because I need to eat. Um, yeah, so, but I do think it's an investment. Like, I didn't just run into it going, we'll see if it works. Yeah. It was very much like, there is a gap in the market. And so many of my friends, like Cassius, really, like, I talk to him nearly every day. He never had a shirt and I've been pestering him for ages to get a t-shirt but he didn't really want to go with anyone. And now I was doing it and I was like, right, we're getting you a bloody t-shirt. And he <laughs> sold loads. And I got to do that for him as his friends. And I love that. I love that part of it. That, yeah. And I, I think, like from my perspective, right, when obviously like I, I've been, I haven't been focusing on merch for the last 12 months for obvious reasons, right? And uh, um, <laughs> there he is. How, what's his name? Or her name? Barley. Hi, Barley. Everyone say hi to Barley. Pepsi's Come in a chat Barley. for Barley. Um, He's pulled the speaker out, so now I can't hear <laughs> <There you go. laughs> uh, Right. It's, 
It's always good when we have animals coming in the screen. I wish I wish Pepsi was this. Uh, Pe Pepsi's very camera shy. Every time I try to have Pepsi on stream or on camera, she runs away. Um, oh. <laughs> she hates to be picked up, though. That's it. She's a cat. Um, so, well, from my perspective, when I was like um, before lockdown, the, the the way like I did one T-shirt and then I did another one with Battle Pro, right? And mm. the way we had to do it, we didn't do the Battle Pro one this way, but to do the, the, that T-shirt, the way I did it, my experience was I had to like have pre-orders. You know, I have to be like, hey, this yeah. T-shirt pre-order because I didn't know how many people would want it. Exactly. And, and then I like, I kind of gauge interest from what that was, and it was like kind of hard to. It wasn't that hard to be fair. I, I can say it was hard to. You always get that one person though after you've submitted the pre-order, and they're like, oh yeah, have you still got the shirts? And you're like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> so. I, I, yeah. I basically what I did was like whatever money, whatever money, whatever quantity I had from the um, the pre the pre order, I kind of like almost did like I did like eighty percent extra of that, you know. If I, I had, yeah. I had like twenty five pre orders, so I ended up ordering forty, kind of going by the average of the sizes that people ask me in pre order. Um, yeah, here's another thing as well. Like if you at shows, I know people who you only take like a couple of sizes, mm -hmm. and then if they run out, if I'm at the show, you can literally like just tell me and go i'll just get the address and i'll just print it when i get home and post it out that's a big deal so, isn't it? when it's like people are like oh do you have double xl and i'm like i i printed one double xl and i sold it two <laughs> weeks ago but yeah. it's the fifth person that asks me about a double xl and like hey here's the link of on the gear why don't you go and yeah. order from there i get the money anyways and they give you exactly what you want um, exactly that's a game changer. I, i'm like we may actually do business because I've been thinking a lot, a lot about um, like that kind of like merch stuff when we come back. And once again, I got plenty of ideas, but like from things I already have talked about, I would love to get like this emoji, this Pepsi emoji on a t-shirt, right? Uh, yeah. I would love to get like Alan, maybe Pepsi and Alan on a t-shirt and stuff. Yeah. But that's like, that's a very like specific thing for the Twitch stream. And I don't know if um, we would be able to... Um, if like if I print thirty, like on shows, people are not gonna get it, right? These are references that yeah. I'm building here with people mm -hmm. watching here on Twitch. But if you can just somewhere... put them put them on the shop. We don't charge anyone to put anything up on the gear. Mm -hmm. We only charge if you make a sale, and then we yeah. So you could just do that, and then if people want them, you can just drop the link in here. And then yeah. Barley thinks that's a good idea, don't you? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I was I'm listening to the Young Bucks uh, book um right now uh because it's it's uh and then they talk about this i was listening today about the part where they were like where they're talking about the beginning of pro wrestling tees how the guy that started one uh uh one hour tees made pro wrestling tees and how that mm. was a bit of a game changer because it's like they can they can just they can put the t-shirt on the store first see the demand for it and be like okay yeah. this one we need to have on shows or this one didn't bang as much there's no point because we're not going to sell them um that's basically where i got the business model from i was like they are the most successful wrestling t-shirt place ever um okay bali what are you doing <laughs> <laughs> He's jealous. It's trying to be as difficult to. as possible. Um, yeah, so they have like the most successful business model. And I think like the Young Bucks get one pound a shirt for mm -hmm. just not doing anything. You mm -hmm. think of how many they sell, like that's, that's yeah, genius. They're happy with that. 
they're uh, yeah they're and we we um we was a bit worried on about treading on their toes because i know they're opening a european store but we've we've got some of the same people as them and it's never been an issue mm-hmm. um i yeah. do i do know that we um we pay quite a lot more than they do though wink, so, wink. yeah i don't have my 2000 followers on twitter i can't uh, ask them for a quote so <laughs> uh, I need to wait for that. Um, got a few people on the chat saying they want to buy it though. Kyle is all like, "I'll buy that." Uh, yeah. Dan saying he'll buy a Pepsi shirt as well. Kyle is saying uh, that he'll tattoo Alan on his chest. Kyle, listen to me. Look at me in the eyes, <laughs> buddy. I love you, but don't do something as stupid as that. Do it. Go on, do it. Do it. Don't do it. I mean, I mean, it's your body. It's you do whatever you want, but come on. I'll yeah. give you 10 free t-shirts if you touch it. Wow. <laughs> wow. I'm really? so generous. <laughs> what can I say? Hey, that's 200 pounds, you know? Just yeah. saying. 200 pounds in merch to tattoo a, a, an Alan. He's actually going to do it. It's going to be the worst. Don't point. do it though, Carl. Please don't. I'm joking. <laughs> or do, or do it. It's your body. Do whatever you want. Right. Uh, how many gifted subs for you to do it? Um, for me to do an Alan? I- I'm not doing a tattoo. I'm sorry. Um, I don't do tattoos. I got nothing in tattoos. I love tattoos. I would never do one. Uh, maybe with a few exceptions. Maybe with like, um, I may get like a, maybe a marriage tattoo or something like that. But like it needs to be mm. something like that and very discreet and something. I, I have no interest in doing yeah. tattoos, no interest in doing piercings. Do you have tattoos? No, I'm, I've always, like, I love them. I love looking at tattoos. Mm. Um, Kelly's sister's a tattoo artist. So oh, really? she's phenomenal. Yeah, she she t- she tatties up the whole family. Like his mum got a tattoo, huge like shoulder piece of their dog. So she's great. But I'm to I change my mind so frequently that I think I'd what get something done, and then two weeks later I'd be like, oh, I want something else. I don't want that mm-hmm. one. So yeah, yeah. I I just great. don't have like the. I feel like there's people who like have the urge. They love it, and they're like, I want to have a tattoo. I never had that. And it's rebellious. Like, I want to get a tattoo. We, we saying, I think, yeah. What are you saying here about me? You think I'm very kooky, Carter? Is that what it is? You think I'm white bread? Is that what it is? Maybe. Yeah. Huh? Yeah? Would, yeah. The, would a white bread person just do this? <laughs> With a rubber chicken? Wow, thanks for sending the dog. Absolutely insane. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, this is, a, this is one of the whitest things that, I've do, that I do. You know, it's very Caucasian, <laughs> just grabbing a rubber chicken and, uh, you know. Anyway, <laughs> um, I want to talk about Japan for a second because I'm fascinated about uh-huh. it and a bit inspired. But uh, let me just do this question that I feel like we need to talk about. Um, and I'm not doing the noise with the throat, Cal. Don't do it. Uh, Cal <laughs> said uh, that the tattoo would look would look like a, a penis than uh, than a rubber chicken. Oh, uh, like maybe, maybe. It depends yeah. what kind of penis it would be. Anyways, let's not get into that. Um, Let's ask the question. Let me ask the question that I'm sure you've been asked thousands of times. How do you go from dancing to wrestling? What's the deal there? Uh, well, I think it's quite an easy transition, but in many ways, in the fact that choreography plays a big part. I really struggle with improvised wrestling. You know, when people are like, yeah, we'll just, you know, we'll just call it out there. I'm like, no, I need to know exactly where my feet are. Mm -hmm. I need to know what count are we going on? Are we going on a three or a four? Um, But yeah, and the theatrical side obviously just has been my life since I was three. So that's very easy. Um, Did you just wake up one day and you were like, I'm going to do, I want to do wrestling now. I see, I, 
Yeah, I've loved it as a kid. Me and my cousin used to beat the absolute shit out of each other when we were kids, watching Saturday night, uh, Saturday morning, WWF. And then I kind of, you know, after the Attitude Era, I kind of fell out of love with it a bit. But if I'd have known there was a wrestling school when I was like 18, I, I don't think I would have done dance. I think mm -hmm. I would have done wrestling. Right. Um, and I only, I only found out when I was 26. Um, yeah, and just... My so my um, people might have heard the story already because I like when people ask me I always tell the story, but basically my mum died in two thousand six and then um, my friend who was training at London Lucha League he was like you love wrestling I found this place I really feel like it will be a good place for you to get out of your energy and like any negativity and just relax and take your mind off everything because this was like two months after she died and I was like yeah do you know what I will and then I went there and was blown away I was like this is what I've needed like in my life I think Did, yeah it, so it sounds really like no I get it it's, I know, it's but... like I, I've, I've never been through something like that so I, I don't think I'll get it but I presume uh it's just like that it kind of helped you in a way like move on with something new and exciting and different right yeah at, it's at a, a completely time different life when you needed that yeah completely fresh start like it's a different world a different life it's a new chapter and i couldn't even compare my life before wrestling to my life now because Tell you just they just integrate don't they yeah, and so, look at us, right? I, I'm like, I, 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 I wrestling brought me here a thousand miles away from home, and now here you are talking to Twitch. Yeah, I know, right? Crazy t-shirts. Who, who knew at 18, 18 years old you'd be printing t-shirts? I know. What a wrestling. job! I'm living the dream, <laughs> mum. <laughs> um, do you think that um, obviously, like you're saying that you had a friend that already trained at uh, London to leave, so like it would be a very easy transition for that. I'm mm -hmm. like, I feel because of the way that training happened at London Lucha, um, London School of Lucha Libre, it's like, it like Lucha Libre is very choreographed as well. So like he helped mm. with that transition as well. Maybe it's, um, maybe it's also like why it's a bit challenging for you, even though like you also have the, the, the background as well of everything choreographed, which is like, just don't have as much experience with that. Right? Mm. It's like, the, I think the point I'm making here, you tell me if you agree or not, is that the fact that it was a school with a philosophy of um, of the, the of Lucha mm -hmm. just made it easier as a transition as well, right? Yeah, well, yes and no, I think. Like, hmm. definitely the style of Lucha Libre was more suited to me. I think I've definitely, since being in Japan, I've adapted to more that kind of style because I found that that's what I liked more. But... Mm -hmm. With dance, I was always um, so disciplined. Like in class, you don't talk, you just, um, you know, you have to be on your best behavior. I'm very regimented, I'm very serious when it comes to like training to the point where I know that it annoys other people because they've told me. And at London, like Lucha, you've been there, like we do this crazy one hour rave warm up. Yeah, and people are very relaxed and i find that really difficult when we're trying to learn something and everyone's laughing i'm like no why are we not like take notes guys mm -hmm. come on <laughs> and i know i know i know that i'm being that sort of stuck up oh pretentious person but that's just how i am i think mm -hmm. I... i need to like relax a bit I, I'm very thankful for the time that like Lucha uh, hosted us. I, I've loved like all the shows that I've done there and stuff. 
I hate the dancing warm-up with a passion. Oh my god, everyone who's not uh, from there hates it. And this is not, uh, and I can totally see how it's more of a, it's not even a, in my case, it's more of a personal thing than a habit thing. Because I'm sure if you just mm-hmm. start and have no references, right, it will be easier to get into the habit of that as, as opposed to having to, like, change your habits as you go. But in my case, I'm like, I think it's very similar. I understand where you're coming from. Because I'm mm. like, I, I, I don't want to, it's not the time to be goofy like that. I'll do that when yeah. it's go time in the ring. I want to, like, that's That's exactly it, yeah. I totally understand where you're coming from, yeah. Um, very yeah. uncomfortable for me. I'm, I'm sure you and I and I and I didn't do it enough to get used to it because like we weren't yeah. doing it that much. Uh, I did uh, love the warm up because it did it allowed me to relax and eventually I, by the end of it I was like screaming my head off of everyone else. But it is it is hard for other people yeah. to come into that. And I see how the and I like I see the benefits of like um, how how it would be how like it's easy to. It, it does help with like breaking down the barriers of inhibition and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. Like I totally understand it. I just, I still can't. I'm like, I can't, <laughs> you know? I'll I do, do it. Think I'll do are... it if I have to. <laughs> there are two but, types of people oh. in the world and it's those who love the Luch warm-up and those who hate it. And those who are right, yeah. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> do you, was it a hard, uh, and maybe that's not the way that they put uh, matches together there, and I'm very curious about this, having in mind mm-hmm. this uh, predisposition for like, tending to be a bit more choreographed, and obviously like the style was different and stuff, do you feel a bit mm-hmm. of, uh, um, was it hard for you to then go to Japan and do matches there, uh, with um, the kind of like the philosophy and the way they do matches there as well? Or actually was it easier than you expected it to be? How was that? Uh, well, the first time I went, I cried after my first session. <laughs> hmm. Oh, and just a like, training session. Yeah, just because, I don't know, yeah. I got there at 10 o'clock in the evening and had 10 a.m. training and was jet lagged and just, it was so hard. It was, I would only been training a year, so okay. I, did, I didn't understand wrestling at, like, then. So the fact that I was in a different country trying to learn it um a complete new style was really difficult but then like after doing a week of it i was so proud of myself because i was like i'm still here i'm still doing it and now i enjoy it so yeah completely i don't think you can really compare it to lucha at all it's, it's um, gonna be, we talked about how it's like very physically demanding before right mm, and that, that's that's a big difference not just for lucha but like from almost every school maybe around the world uh as we, we talked before, what did you do there? Like, was it like a week of training and shows? Did you do more? How, how how many times have you been? What's the what's the story um, of Darcy Stone in Japan? Uh, I went for three months in the beginning, mm-hmm. um, and I just did training. Emmy was rightly um, she was like, "You're not ready for shows," and I was honestly thankful because. Yeah. I don't think I'd even done a sh- I'd done like two shows, like tag matches in the UK. So I wasn't expecting to go and be on shows. And then she invited me back um, in September when I was ready. And then, yeah, so I did, that was really intense because that was training five to six days a week for five weeks. And you do a show pretty much every night. Um, and that's all day. So basically you get there at 10, you, warm up you train you then put your matches together you do the show 
you then do like a, they do like a press conference afterwards, they do photographs, they do meet and greets, and then you all eat together around 11 o'clock. And then you go home and then you do it all again, the, it next again day. the next day. Did you have yeah. to set up and take down the, the setup as well? No, because it's just mats. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we okay. had at, at Gato. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's all so a touring thing, of course. Yeah, and then we we had one show or two shows, I think, that were in ring, and they were they had like scouts there, and I'd love to do stardom, and they had stardom scouts there, so I was mm -hmm. really excited. And then they had a bloody typhoon, so we'd set all we were all in our gear, we'd set the ring up, and then the government basically shut down Tokyo. Oh. And we had to take everything out in the rain, all these like planks from the, the ring. And it was someone's retirement show. Oh, it was so oh. sad. It was so sad. Oh, that sucks. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Are you gonna, you planning on going back? I guess you went by invitation, right? Was it Amy yeah. that like came to an Eve show and like, you? No. Come. So mm. it went, um, I was wanting, I wanted to go to Japan to travel. But then I'd planned that before I'd started wrestling. And mm. then um, I was so into the wrestling. I was like, oh, I don't really want to cancel my trip. And mm -hmm. and then I was speaking to Emmy, like, I'm thinking of going to Japan. And she was like, Japan? Oh, please come and train with me, please. Oh, and I was like, does she mean that? Or is she being <laughs> nice? Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come out there. And then, yeah. And then um, they have, like, Line, which is their WhatsApp. So they have a very specific line thing and, and um, yeah, a message her. And she was like, yeah, please come out. That's nice. And then, yeah. And then and I was meant to go up to Sendai Girls as well, but Mako was like touring at the time. Mm -hmm. So I said I'd come back and do that another time, hopefully. I feel like Emmy is a big reference to like women's wrestling these days. As oh, in, she's a queen. As in like... So you may not be known for like being the greatest worker of the last 20 years, but it's just okay. this thing of like, she's like, um, the, she's the matriarch, right? Of, for a lot of people. She's oh like, my God, yeah. here's this opportunity here, come train with us. Here's a stage. Here's, you know, um, I, there's a lot of she... people in W that had that with her and I'm sure you felt yeah. the same thing as well, right? Matriarch's such a good way to describe her. She really has like dedicated her life to helping um, not just women, but obviously specifically women to yeah. join wrestling. And like she came over to the UK and they had the Eve Academy was training mm -hmm. um, and I was helping out train there. And that's for anyone who doesn't know, that's just an all female training thing. Um, and she walked in the door and she just there were like 40 women in there and she just cried. Because she just couldn't believe that there were so many women who wanted to be a part of wrestling. Yeah. And, um, you know, she's been trying so long and she was so happy. So she's, yeah, I love her. Absolutely terrified of her. Would not, would <laughs> not get on her or... wrong side. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. But, um, I, yeah. I, I don't I'd... know. I'm sure you'll, you obviously have a, um, a closer, like, interaction with, like, a Japanese culture and stuff. Um, mm -hmm. But... I feel, hopefully I'm not stereotyping, but I can totally see, like, someone like Emi Sakura is going to be like someone like um, Giant Baba's wife, mm. you know? It's going to be that <laughs> kind of, like, um, um, like oriental, um, very strict and fair, 
uh, even men will be like that, that way as well. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. I'm thinking at the same time that I'm, I'm speaking. But well, I like, feel like this, this, I know exactly what you're talking about when you say this, mm-hmm. these things about Amy Sakura. And I feel like it's a very, um, it will be um, like a very Oriental culture and a very Oriental way of seeing uh, life. I mean, it's not even just Japanese. It's the same thing in, in similar countries. Um, mm-hmm. It's a very like Asian way. Um, yeah, which... there's definitely like um, the the hierarchy of respect out there for sure. Yeah, that you have my trainer, my other trainer, uh, Tanahashi. He, when I first went, he just called me the gaijin. Like <laughs> I was just the gaijin, and yeah. then when and then when I'd proved myself at the end of three months, he started calling me by my name. Yeah. And then when I went back in September and was put on shows, he would only ever call me Darcy. Yeah. And that to me is like, wow, he respects me as a wrestler. You earn the respect. It's very yeah. much like an earn respect thing, right? It's very, yeah. from, this is all from like secondhand and thirdhand uh, conversation. I never had that to myself, but I, I'm very, in a, in a, uh, <laughs> as weird as this can sound, I'm very curious to, to experiment that, but that's because mm. I'm very curious about like different cultures and, and human behavior and all that, you know? Like, I mean, I definitely think you like, I think all wrestlers who really love wrestling need to find a way to go to Japan. There's yeah. so many smaller promotions there that we don't hear about, but they're always willing to take in anyone from around the world because they're so proud of it. Yeah. You know, they want to show you the way and they want to look after you. I mean, poor Bali, uh, Bali Anaki, who's one of the Gato Roof roster, he he was like, I, I, I for really... a second there, I thought you were talking about the dog. Poor Barley. <laughs> oh yeah, he. I mean, he's right here staring at me. He, yeah, Bali. He, he went to. He was born in India. He was like, I want to be a pro wrestler. Went over and trained in Japan because he was like, I love Japanese wrestling. And then, um, after I trained there, he came over to the UK because he thought the UK was like where you're gonna make it as a wrestler. And in to some some degree, it is. Mm-hmm. But what he wasn't expecting was that you can't really make a living over here yeah. and he thought he he was like i'm gonna be here for six months i'm only gonna be doing wrestling and i was like aki that's not how it works that's sorry. not gonna work sorry to tell you sorry. yeah and he, he was devastated but i was like no like we have loads of esteemed wrestlers and you know english wrestling and british wrestling is renowned but it's not as renowned as everyone thinks it is that you can't just come over here and be like i'm gonna be a star I am very, um, it's one of my like short term projects, as short term as this can be, is like being able to find a way to, if nothing else, just have the experience of like three weeks or something, you know, like mm. being able to like do something similar to what you're doing, which is like you're doing training, you do the show, right? Even if it means like setting up and taking down and stuff and you have just like, mm-hmm. it's similar to the camps here in a way, you know? I Yeah without the training like in, in camps here you don't do the training in the morning but it's less kind alcohol of like a, as well yeah well it depends <laughs> um it's similar to to the camps here in a way because it's kind of the same thing like for those for that amount of time you're gonna be spending your life your time doing that and I'm, i would mm-hmm. really like to uh eventually um sooner rather than later being able to do that just like being able to travel more take advantage of my european passport you know um, yeah oh i have one actually <laughs> i have both both of them so okay. from where ireland 
Oh. <laughs> yeah. She's smart. She knows. Uh, Dan asks, would you have any advice on how to contact those promotions on like how to... Um, how do you do it? Is it just by invitation or is it like, can you like email them? How does that work? I a lot of them are invitation only for sure. Yeah. Um, and I was very lucky, like very, very lucky. And I'll never not say that because it's true. But I would say just go about it the same way you would contact a promotion over here. Get your CV, get a wrestling CV with all your information, where you've worked, how you've trained, what your style is. They love their characters. Tell them let someone know exactly who you are just from reading a short par like don't give them a story give them a very short paragraph on who you are give them all your best matches that just show different aspects how you work in a tag how you work on your own how you work in a comedy match and just contact them like the worst they're going to do is not reply not reply yeah do you so think oh man i'm like let me put my trainer hat here for a second. I'm honestly thinking of... Do you do caps as well or you just do t-shirts? No, we sold our cap press because no one was ordering caps. Oh, but I know, I, wanna... I know someone who can do you really good ones. I want to do a cap that says wrestler, another one that mm -hmm. says trainer, another one that says content creator, so that I can actually <laughs> physically remove my caps as I need to. So like, Because now I'm going to speak as a trainer, right? Even though he's a bit of a wrestler as well. I'm like, you can have three t-shirts and just take each t-shirt <laughs> off. Oh, I'm not going to do strip tees here on Twitch. Come <laughs> on, what do you think? This is a hot tub. Um, I, <laughs> I, I'm like, as a trainer, I'm very much back and forth on should I be telling my trainees that they need to have CVs? And if so, how? Because yeah. on one hand is what you're saying here. And I think, I think I just figured out the answer, to be fair. On one hand is what you're saying here. On the other hand is the Chris Brooks slash uh, Pete Dunne, in a way. I think he said something similar to this of uh, Will Ospreay as well. The CV is dead. The, the GIFs, GIFs and online presence is a new CV, right? And I right. think the answer actually is it depends on the company you're targeting. There's no, like, here in the UK, you're probably not going to need a CV. But when you go into something like, well, the, the Japan the examples you were using, mm -hmm. for example maybe a cv is actually a good thing to have maybe that's the, the answer what do you say you know like if i i think gifts are a problem because a lot of people just do spots because they want that gift spot and it might you know actually ruin the match in some respects then also say if there was a gift there's a gift of me doing the pendulum arm drug and thankfully it's in japan but if it wasn't and it was just at the rascal how is anyone going to know that i've done you know four months in japan how is anyone going to know that I've trained for four years or, you know, that I've had a knee injury and actually I can't wrestle at the moment? Mm -hmm. That gift's not going to get me the booking, but it does help. You know, I think social presence is like a good portion of how you get bookings and how you get a fan base. Um, but I don't think it's everything. And I do think you still need to have, you still need to treat every promotion like they've never seen you wrestle ever. Yeah. It's, uh, and it's very yourself. much like like it's the answer is yes to everything just do it all find a way to do it all basically all right um i want to i want to ask you about future let me just check in on the chat here mm -hmm. um kid bandits in the chat he said i forgot what it, what it was but he's i think it was like you talking about amy sakura uh mm. and it was very wholesome so uh, uh, there, there was a heart there um Billy Hayes is on the chat as well. Oh, I want to say hi to Kid Bandit. How are you doing? Maybe combine them and make a PDF with links and videos. Yeah, absolutely. How about, how yeah. about you do the CV as like 16 by 9 images that are a GIF? 
and you can just like move forward and stuff. Belia says, yeah. I've never even booked off CV socials uh, and word of mouth, but CV doesn't hurt. Yeah. You think you never even booked off a CV because you never done one, but maybe you have lost mm. opportunities because you contacted them with a Facebook message and not mm-hmm. an email with a CV. Have you thought about that? No, you only think about yourself. <laughs> God damn it, Billy. <laughs> Yeah. What's the next what's the next nine months of Darcy Stone gonna be like? Um, how how, you, how are you approaching like returning to wrestling and uh, how is it? How will, what's your attitude towards it? Step one is try not to die in the ring, because you know, mm-hmm. that would be real really good if I didn't die. I'd be really annoyed. Um but I think see I'm I'm and I don't think I'm bad for admitting this, but I'm so bitter about the time that I got injured because mm-hmm. I was booked in Israel. I was going to be the first female wrestling match in Israel. I had WXW. I had, um, I was obviously going to go back to Japan. I had Austria booked. I had all these bookings that I had to cancel. Yeah. And now coming back two years later, these the promoters are not going to come to me anymore. And if I go to them, I don't have the same hype that I had. So my nine months is just absolutely going full speed ahead mm-hmm. and and develop and finding out who I am. Cause I think I've like during lockdown and being injured, I've written down pages and pages and pages of stuff like character development and what I want and all these cool moves that might fit into, you know, Darcy's moveset. And I just need to hone it in and simplify everything and try and get, know who I am and then just go for it. And I'll just be contacting everyone really and being like, here's my stuff. Tell me what you think. I'm really willing to work. Um, and yeah. You feel like you, you you got Darcy Stone down or do you think you still think that obviously there will be an evolution because there always is. Or do you mm-hmm. think you're going to have to change stuff about your presentation? And, and It's stuff? very, yeah. I think a lot of it will change. Um, mm. I think I've made it more me rather than because I am Darcy's very like energetic and very happy and friendly but there is which I am but then there is that other side to me where I am this calculated you know as I was saying about in training where I'm like yeah. I need to learn and you as a dance teacher dimensional dancing kawaii Darcy right no no and, and really I'm not I feel like after I got injured, I just don't really want to do that anymore. <laughs> I'll do I'll do the dance because, you know, I'm a sick it's dancer. Okay. I'll that. do the dance. Like, that is my shine, so I can't really get rid of that. <laughs> but uh, um, I will adapt my character to be more me and to be more, you know, of a human being rather than just the comic book yeah. girl. Also, Clementine does it, and Clementine is, like, way better at doing that gimmick for me, so... You know, you know... <laughs> I, I, I'm kind of like, I, I, I hear you. I feel like there's a bit of parallelism there because I also feel like the way I'm going to present myself when things come back is not, as, and it started already. It's not going to be what mm-hmm. I was doing before. And to the point where it wasn't happening with you, but I feel like it was happening with me. Like, Fantastic was hindering me, you know? Mm. And there's a lot of reasons and there was reasons bigger than the one I'm going to talk about to why I wanted to change. And I think I, I still think, and everyone agrees, um, even if they haven't told me that the change is definitely for the better. Um, but the thing you're telling, talking about Clementine, I saw Fabio Romano on a show and I'm like, whatever I was trying to do before, that guy can do it better than I can. He's I a better Fabio. 
He's like, fantastic. Fa- he can have it if he wants. Fantastic Fabio Romano. I don't care. Because, like, what he was is doing now is, like, it's the presentation that I was going for before, but he's way more comfortable doing it. Right. And it works and better I think for him than I was I actually, doing it. I think it's a really good thing to see that and go, hang on a minute. This person gets what I wanted to do, and they just do it naturally, which means I'm not doing the right thing for me. Mm-hmm. Which means there's something up there that I should be doing. And that's exciting because it's like, oh, where can I go with this now? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. So now I'm, I'm sure it's the same thing with you. Like, I have it here. And I now, now I need somewhere to do it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh, yeah, we'll for get sure. There. It's coming. It was great catching up with Darcy. I'm so happy that she's going to be back in a ring soon. And uh, I'm looking forward to sharing a ring with her, sharing locker rooms with her. I'm looking forward to have these conversations live with people instead of being like over the internet. And actually, the next catch up here on the David Francisco podcast will be the first one we'll do in person. I'm sitting down next to the person I'm talking and we'll talk straight into one microphone. It's, 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 it's my phone's microphone, but still, I think those microphones are, like, good enough when it comes to catching, like, audio. It'll be fun. It will be the next time I bring a guest here on the David Francisco Podcast. So make sure you subscribe if you haven't yet. Uh, give me a rating on uh, Apple Podcasts. That'd be great. But it's also available on Spotify or, like, Android, if by any chance you prefer any of those platforms. Just... Tell me, and I'll make sure you can subscribe to it there, or follow me there on Spotify, and make sure you also follow Darcy Stone. At Darcy Stone PW is where you can find her everywhere. Make sure you follow me at DeFrancisco underscore one, and uh, that's about it. That's all I have for you on this edition, but I'll be back soon. I'll be back every week with the conversation, so I I think I'm done here. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time. Cool? Cool. Cool.